0: Welcome to the Manifestation Babe Podcast. My name is Catherine Zinkina, and I'm a master mindset coach and success strategist for entrepreneurial babes just like you. I absolutely love helping you up-level your life, your business, your finances, and helping you see the infinite potential within yourself to be, do, and have anything that you want. It is my duty and obsession to give you the tools the resources, strategies, and teachings you need to manifest the reality of your wildest dreams. Think of this podcast as your daily dose of personal development to maximize your impact, your influence, and your income. If you're ready to get your ass kicked to the next level, then you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Now let's begin. Hello, my beautiful souls, and welcome back to another episode
1: of the Manifestation Bay podcast. Like I promised, I am here. I promised last week in the intro that I would share more about this feminine embodiment retreat that I went to, that I posted about on social media and how it made me so uncomfortable and everything that I learned from it, why it made me uncomfortable, and how I feel on the other side. So If you're ready for more of a story time podcast rather than like Catherine teaching on manifestation, then this is the vibe today. I am chilling. It's about 7 p.m. I'm about to put my baby down for a nap. My mom has him for now. We just gave him a bath because he got so dirty in our backyard. Like just I don't even know what he picked up. Probably picked up poop. Probably picked up some dirty rocks craziness so we just gave him bath and he's still playing he's still awake so I'm like okay let me go run and record this podcast episode while I have the energy for it because I'm ready to share all the things so obviously by the title it's called why i purposely seek discomfort and just a fun fact there's an amazing youtube channel on youtube obviously it's a youtube channel Called Seek Discomfort. And it's this group of guys who I think they're like friends from college or high school or something, or they found each other post graduating or whatever. They've been friends for a really long time. There's this group of guys, and their entire mission behind the channel is to seek discomfort. So they do everything in every single episode of their channel where they do something uncomfortable, like they ask strangers. To travel with them or to sleep on their couches or to go skydiving with them or just pursuing all kinds of fears that they have. And they really push each other outside of their comfort zones. And it's such a feel good channel. If you ever are just laying awake at night and you have nothing to do and you don't want to feed your mind some crap, you know, just like doom scrolling on social and you really want to watch something that will lighten the mood, I highly recommend this channel. So anyway, this is about seeking discomfort. I created a mantra for myself back in October of 2015 when you all know this story. If you don't, you'll find it somewhere else on the podcast. I'm not going to share it for the 1700th time, but you all know in October of 2015, I faced my biggest fears. I disconnected myself from all of my comfort zones And I developed this mantra to keep me sane, honestly, it's like nobody taught me this. It was just something I needed to say to myself to stay sane. It's something that bonded me with my North Star of my potential, of the pursuit of my purpose, of me facing my biggest fears to get onto the other side of them, which was pure liberation. I was so uncomfortable in the process of this. I had to keep telling myself I am comfortable being uncomfortable. And back in the day when I had nothing, when I was a broke college student or actually college grad at this point building an online business, I was deep in the throes of personal development and personal growth and doing everything I could to get my business off the ground, my first fitness business that I was in and I became obsessed with studying successful people. So I noticed something about successful people. And for over a decade now, I've been studying successful people and just noticing what they do differently than others. And this is just a random fact about me, something I've learned about myself over the years. I'm obsessed with studying patterns. Like I love pattern recognition, it's my thing. You show me one of those puzzles, like, what's the different thing? You know, like, what is different in this photo than this photo? It's like spot the thing, pattern recognition, or like, what's the next pattern? I don't know. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. That is my jam. I'm so good at it. I love patterns. And it's actually in my human design. Like, my incarnation cross is all about pattern recognition. It's in my astrology. It's in everything, literally. Pattern recognition is just one of my gifts. So I notice things about the universe. I notice things about universal laws. I notice things about certain people and what works and what doesn't work. And this is why I'm so good at what I do is because I have so many students. And over the years, I've been studying my students and just seeing what works for some people what works for other people and why that's why my my teachings my manifestation teachings are not one size fit all is because i understand that everyone is unique and so different and i recognize that and i recognize the patterns in the uniqueness so that i can tailor my manifestation teachings to the masses and recognize all the different unique breeds of humans and peoples and energy signatures and auras and styles and preferences and all these things and deliver my teachings in a way where it really helps everybody. So anyway, seeking discomfort, pushing the edges of their comfort zone is one of the things that successful people do. Whether this is consciously or unconsciously, if you listen to anyone's hero journey, at many points in their journey, they faced their biggest fears, their deepest limiting beliefs, and they expanded their comfort zones. And I'm going to just tell you straight up, being an entrepreneur will do that to you every single day of the week. And you just become used to it. It's so interesting how with each year that passes, in order to take myself out of my comfort zone, it's like I have to work a little harder. You know what I mean? Because being an entrepreneur every single day, facing uncertainty every single day, facing a world of no guarantees every single day makes you so mentally strong. It forces you to work on your mindset. It forces you to work on your energetics, on your belief systems, because that's where all your certainty lies. The universal laws is where your certainty lies, knowing that universal laws are much stronger, much more powerful, much more potent than human laws, right? Than what is real or considered to be reality. The woo woo is so much more real, you guys. Like, If you truly understand it on the deepest of levels, you will see that everything stems from the energetics. Everything stems from the energetics. But anyway, that's a whole side note. We're going to get so off track. So I'm going to take us back on track deep inside of me. I don't know. I just knew that if I wanted similar results, I would have to do the same, meaning I would have to push my edges. I would have to step outside of my comfort zone. I would have to face my biggest fears. And God, was it so scary. I grew up really shy. I grew up really timid. I grew up hidden from the spotlight. Like I avoided the spotlight. I avoided the center of attention. I wanted nothing to do with the center. I wanted to be a total wallflower. I wanted to be as far away from people as I could possibly go. And I was the girl who never raised her hand in class. Never, ever, ever. If I ever spoke in class, it's because I was called on and I hated being called on. I never initiated anything. Being the leader, like if you put me in a group environment and made me you know, collaborate with people, I never took a leadership position. I didn't chime in, I nothing, nothing came out of my mouth. And raising my hand in class, do you know when the first time I raised my hand was? In 2017 in NLP class, when I was taking my NLP certification that was the first time I ever was brave enough to raise my hand and ask a question in front of class. And yes, that was part of my process in seeking discomfort. Like that was so scary for me. Now it's like I chime in all the time. If you're ever in a class with me, like I will speak at least once somewhere, right? I'm never the person who just sits in the back and hides anymore. It's like totally in my comfort zone now. I've expanded my comfort zone so far that this is not a thing at all that terrifies me. But it's so interesting to think about how it once was. The thought of presenting a project to a class, I would rather get into a car wreck. <laughs> like, I probably wished that a car wreck would happen or something would happen that would send me to the hospital and give me an excuse to not stand in front of the class with everybody's eyes on me. But something in me, October of 2015, I keep trying to say 2025. Like, Even in my notes, I wrote down October 2025. I don't know why. Maybe that's another big thing to happen in my life. Who knows? But something in me deep inside my soul in October of 2015 knew that she wanted more out of life and she had enough. And to get more, I had to be more. So I started to edge myself, I guess is the best way to put it. Push my edges. I started to post on social media. I went live on Facebook. That was so scary. I thought I was going to die. I said yes to speaking on stages far before I felt ready. Oh my God. I once was paralyzed on stage and couldn't start talking for a whole minute. It was so embarrassing. I attended weird ass events Like Tony Robbins, where you would jump up and down and massage groups of strangers and talk to groups of people and socialize. I started to attend masterminds where I was put in a room with 40 other people way more successful and impressive than me. I mean, just people who I was in complete awe of and I felt completely out of place and so on and so forth. And I just started to do this on purpose because I knew that this was the way to grow. I started to collect evidence very quickly that every time I hit an edge and went just a little bit further, just an inch, a millimeter even, doesn't even have to be that far. You don't have to fry your nervous system. Just going a little bit outside of your comfort zone. I felt so rewarded for it. And it was never any external validation because in many moments I totally embarrassed myself, which I will go into (laughs) In this episode, when it comes to this retreat, like so many embarrassing things. But the reward that felt the best for me was this internal validation, like uh, the thrill of being proud of myself, the feeling of looking in the mirror with pride that I did something that scared me. I didn't even have to succeed at it. Just the fact that I did it. Like, I remember the first time I spoke in front of an audience of a couple hundred people. I totally blacked out. I remember Brennan took me home and on our way home, we stopped for lunch and I kept telling him, babe, I did it. I did it. I did it. I did it. Like it didn't even have to be good. I don't even know if people liked it. People said they liked it, but it didn't matter. Just the fact that I did it. I was like, babe, I did it. I did it. I did it. It became a high that I started to seek on purpose. And of course this served me so well. It literally led me up until this point, right? This point in my journey of everything that I've created is because of these compounded events, these compounded moments, these moments that I've clocked over time that have built my confidence. I think this is a massive confidence builder is, of course, in stacking successes That will lead to confidence. So, the only way to stack successes, the only way to compound successful moments is to go out and do something in the first place. If you don't do it, you can't succeed at it and therefore you can't build confidence. You know, like it wouldn't be until I've done something a hundred times and succeeded at it at least a hundred times in order for me to really feel fucking confident at it. It wasn't until I was at least a hundred episodes deep into this podcast that I actually felt comfortable podcasting. Now, yes, I still feel nervous at times. I think it's the excitement and the energy of, oh my God, I'm about to express something, which has been a work in progress my whole life. And so many hurdles I had to overcome. Like I shared from my past there's so many things that were so scary about speaking up in front of people and here i am fucking talking every day in front of hundreds of thousands of people like what right what and it's hundreds of episodes deep where i have the confidence that i have today being a podcast host i love my podcast this feels like such a deep part of me this is something i'm excited about but it was really scary at some point. So anyway, long story short, I can go on and on and on about this, but let's get into the story. So I was ready for my next edge, but I didn't know what it would be. In fact, I had no idea that the retreat that I attended two weeks ago would be two massive edges for me that nearly made me pass out in fear. I'm not fucking kidding you guys. I thought I was going to pass out. And before I go into it, you know, for some of you, you might be like, Catherine, that's not scary at all. And that's the thing. You know, we all have something different, right? We all have our edges and they're going to look so different for so many people. So you guys just enjoy listening to my story about my edges because, oh my God, it was, yeah. It was a lot for me. So here's the story. My friend Ali Ninfo, which if you're not following her, she is amazing. She's hilarious. I will put her info in the show notes. She is an intuition and manifestation teacher who is hilarious. Like I'm going to keep saying hilarious because she literally is. She's the most animated and entertaining person to watch on TikTok or Instagram wherever you like to watch people. She has a bigger following on TikTok, a smaller one on Instagram, but I think she posts similar content on both. But anyway, I'll put her info in the show notes if you want to check her out. So she texted me saying that she applied for this retreat and that I should apply too. And all she said was, this is John Wineland's girlfriend and she's fucking amazing. And I think we should go to this. And I'm like, okay. And for context, um, John Weinland is a polarity and masculinity, femininity teacher, relationship coach, whatever you want to call it, in the realm of relationships, in the realm of polarity energetics. And Brennan and I went to one of his weekend events last year and it was incredible. And so his girlfriend's name is Madeline Moon. And that is the person who hosted this feminine embodiment retreat. So I was like, oh my God, I love John Wineland. He's so up my alley. And I know that he was Madeline's teacher for so many years. And so, you know, this is totally, totally the vibe. I didn't know Madeline super well. In fact, I wasn't following her on social media, but I saw the page and I just like knew that I had to go. I didn't even, I don't even think I read the page. I think I just scrolled straight to the application. And I think I read like the first couple sentences. Like it was one of those sales pages where my soul, like my conscious mind didn't have to do any work. My soul just decided for me. You know, when your soul just tells you yes or no, it was a full body fuck yes. So the retreat was called Unbound. And like I said, it was hosted by Madeline Moon. It was a three-day event all about feminine embodiment. Oh yeah, this is what I remember. It was a, an event about feminine embodiment self-expression, and releasing the fear of being seen. That's all I remember. And I was like, yeah, cool, let's go. So I got into it, uh, meaning I got accepted because you have to apply. And then I posted about it on social media saying how excited I was to go. And then my bestie, Ashley Gordon, who you guys probably know if you've listened to the podcast episode all about uh, becoming a world-class coach, uh, she's the founder of the Quantum Coaching Academy. She texted me saying that she applied too and she got in and then we were super excited about it. Like we booked the the Airbnb in Sedona. We were super excited to hang out. We started a little group chat. I added the event to my calendar and then this was like months beforehand. So of course, like other stuff came up, like I had my Sovereign Money launch Um, other things going on. And so it just fizzled out of my mind. I think it was before the holidays or maybe it was in January. I don't even remember. I just remember being like, cool, it's on my calendar. We can kind of forget about it. Well, come to the end of January, beginning of February, my ego started to freak out about this event. And I don't even know why, you guys. It came up, and this is the genius of the ego, right? It came up with every single excuse under the sun for why I shouldn't go and why I should just cancel it. Like I was so close to texting Allie and Ashley that, you know, I'm overwhelmed. I have too much to do. I've already left Orion this month. I'm being a bad mom now. And like, I would have crazy thoughts like, oh, you're going to get sick. You can't get sick before blah, blah, blah. There's all this other stuff on your calendar. Don't get sick. You might get sick just weird thoughts on and on and on and on and on my ego went. And it turns out that all of our egos were trying to figure out a way to cancel it. All of our egos were freaking out. And thank God we all admitted it to each other. and We laughed about it because like a couple days before, I'm like, guys, I almost canceled the event like at least five times. And they're like, same. We have not any- in fact, we have been resisting so hard that we haven't even booked our flights yet. And It's funny because (laughs) this is what happens when you don't listen to your intuition. Ashley and Allie booked their flights last minute and they paid like over $1,500 for coach tickets, not even first class, coach tickets on a flight that was only a couple of hours long. And this whole ego thing, I can't tell you enough how common this is. It's usually when your subconscious mind senses that you're about to go through a transformation and shift something profound in your life, that it starts to ring the alarm bells because the subconscious can sense what's coming and it's already pre-experiencing something and it's pre-experiencing something that's unfamiliar. And what is unfamiliar is labeled as unsafe to the subconscious. So it's pre-experiencing something and ringing the alarm bells telling you to get out of it, cancel it, and the biggest mistake you can make is to cancel it, and the smartest thing you can do is just to stay with it, obviously listening to your intuition, of course. I can't believe it's been almost two years since I've last hosted a live training, well, consider this a manifestation because for the first time in almost two years, I'm hosting a live three day money manifestation training called Cash Flow. You can sign up for this free training at manifestationbabe.com slash cash flow. Again, that's manifestationbabe.com slash cash flow. We start May 15th, and I can't wait to see you there. Which I want to bring Allie Ninfo on the podcast because she is an intuition queen. She, that's all, like, literally, most of her content is about listening to your intuition, and, and she has a whole course on it. So I would love to bring her on here and talk about. What is the difference between your subconscious mind literally warning you of danger or it's just a subconscious mind registering something as unfamiliar and mislabeling it as unsafe and when to know to pursue something or not pursue something and to distinguish between your intuition and your emotions. So stay tuned for that. But knowing this, I kept sticking with it because my soul said yes. And this is one of my tips is to remember your initial reaction to something, your initial reaction. You know, if you ever meet someone and you immediately get the ick, but you don't know why. And then you start a conversation with them and you see that your friend likes them and all your friends are friends with them and you just keep talking to them. And you're like questioning yourself. I'm like, mm, no, maybe it's not the ick. Maybe that was making that up, blah, 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 blah. And you just keep like going with them. And then something happens and then you're like, oh, that's why I had the ick. Yeah. Remember your initial reaction to something. This is my biggest advice that I give to my friends all the time. When they start freaking out about something, I say, hey, when you signed up for initially, when you saw the sales page, when you booked the flight, how did you feel about it initially? And of course, that doesn't always mean that it is a go at all costs because I did have that ski trip in December that came up where I felt good about it initially, but then my intuition ultimately said, no, don't go. And that was, again, just me fine tuning my intuition and just knowing myself and knowing when my soul is communicating to me versus my fears. And that comes from fine tuning, that comes from practice, that comes from collecting evidence over time of what it's like to listen to your intuition versus ignore it and like the consequences that come out of it. And so it's really from my own fine tuning of a process. Again, whole separate conversation, Catherine. Let's go back to the story. So finally the day came. And funny enough, the morning that the day came, I felt so completely calm. I felt at peace. I felt excited to pick up my friends from the Phoenix airport and drive to Sedona. I didn't have to fly anywhere. I was a driver. I volunteered myself and my G Wagon to take us to Sedona. So I, like a good friend, went and picked them up, (laughs) like their mom. And um, we came over to my house. Ashley had a QCA call to lead that I attended. And then we left to Sedona. And then we experienced an initiation which is also so common. It's kind of like the last hurrah of the ego. (laughs) And this can happen. Something goes wrong. Dun, dun, dun. And again, the biggest mistake you can make is be like, oh, it's a sign. It's a sign I'm not supposed to do it, right? No, it's just a fucking initiation. So we were driving to Sedona and we were so caught up in conversation. This was a weekend where I knew that it was going to snow in Sedona. I just didn't know when. And I think we had an awareness of like, oh, it's starting to snow in Sedona. It's going to be so beautiful. So I had this awareness of like, yeah, the mountains are going to have snow, but it's not going to be super bad. It just started like, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we're driving. And then I remember mid-conversation, deep conversation, looking at GPS and being like, something's off. Hold on. And then seeing that my Waze, which is the GPS app that I use, is telling me to make a U-turn. And I'm like, fuck, I forgot the exit. And this is a common thing to do. There's this one exit that you take to make a left turn to go into Sedona. And it's literally like you're 30 minutes away, if not even 20 minutes away from Sedona. But if you miss it and there's traffic, Oh my God, it can add a whole another half an hour to an hour. So I noticed that I missed it. And I think I just missed it because the next exit was two or three miles away. But we noticed it was snowing. Dun, dun, dun. So I was like, okay, don't worry, you guys. I'm going to take the next exit. It's not going to be a big deal. We're going to just take the next exit. And then it started snowing harder and harder and harder and harder. And then we noticed all the cars were slowing down. We were now driving like, well, no, we were still driving like 25, between 25 and 35 miles per hour. So we had some speed, decent speed, I guess. And when we were about to take the exit, I started to press on my brakes so I can brake enough to exit. And guess what happened? I slid the car started to slide. (gasps) And there were cars breaking right after that exit. And I noticed all the semi trucks were pulled over. A bunch of cars are pulled over. They're putting chains on. Do I have chains? No, I don't have chains. I didn't expect to be in a snowstorm. And I start sliding and thank God I stopped sliding. And then I was like, guys, fuck, I missed the exit. And we look at the GPS and it's another nine miles till the next exit. And we are going uphill The temperature is dropping and the snow is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And thank God we're in my G-Wagon. And that's the car that I decided to take because I didn't know how good the G-Wagon is at driving in the snow. And it was so funny because Allie has always been interested in having a G-Wagon. Me and Ashley have a G-Wagon and we just started selling her on it just by the way that it drove in the snow but I'm still uncomfortable and I'm still super careful. So I'm taking it super slow. Guys, we're driving like five to 10 miles per hour for nine miles. So it takes us an hour to get to the next freaking exit. And when we start approaching the next exit, I start going, oh no, oh no. I hope there's a clearing in the exit because it can be completely blocked off in snow. And yep, it was completely blocked off with snow. I had to drive over like piles of snow. I've never done that. Anyone who's listening to me who lives in snow, you're probably like, Catherine, it's not a big deal. It's a big deal for me because I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm just driving over what seems like three feet of snow, just piled up, fresh powder, not knowing if my brakes are going to work, not knowing if my tires are going to go through. And thank God I put my G-Wagon in trail mode because, oh my God, it did so good. And then we made a U-turn and there's a car sitting right at the beginning of the on-ramp. And we think like, oh my God, are they stuck? Are they not going? Because it's not safe. And then I'm just like looking and I'm like, I feel like they're waiting for a leader. So I say, fuck it, I'm going. And we start driving on the on-ramp and oh my God, there's like nobody on the other side of the freeway. And there's no, you know how there's like, at least if there's a car in front, you have the lines from the tires that you can kind of follow and it, creates like traction on the road. No, pure snow. But anyway, we get to Sedona. We are delayed a whole hour. We get to Butterfly Burger. If you're familiar with Sedona, it's a burger spot there. It's one of my favorite places. It's just they, they make great burgers. So we eat our burgers and we're like so grateful to be alive. We were freaking out at certain points You know, if your car ever slides in snow, like that's enough to give you a freaking heart attack. So we're super grateful (laughs) that we made it. We're excited now. We get to our Airbnb. I literally fall trying to get my luggage down the driveway because it's so slippery. We're just like not built for snow. I don't know about Ashley. I think it snows where she's at uh, because she's she's on the East Coast. But me and Allie are just like LA girls. We have no idea what we're doing. So, long story short, it's day one to the, of the event, and we still have no idea why our egos are freaking out, but we're like excited now. We come in, the venue is gorgeous. There's 30 ish of us. Everyone's so nice. Everyone's so kind. Everyone has great energy. And then we get to meet one another. And it turns out that there were many of my MBA students in the room, which was super exciting. I got to meet so many of my students and followers, and also this you know, it was nerve wracking at the same time. Because again, who knew what was about to happen in this room? Like I knew it was going to get edgy. I knew it was going to push me outside of my comfort zone because I'm familiar with like, like I said, a John Wineland event. It's pretty uncomfortable. You get stretched, you get edgy. And I just knew it would push me in some way, shape or form. Anyway, day one starts. We start with a little like setting the ground rules, housekeeping, whatever. And then we go right into a feminine embodiment practice, which involved a lot of movement, dance, using our voices, all kinds of fun stuff all in a group at the same time. And it just felt so good. We did a little breath work, just getting into our bodies, getting into our feminine. And then we break for lunch. We have a Q&A session. And after the Q&A session, which I love, the Q&A sessions, they were so good. Then we got together and we did this group practice where we expressed our edgiest selves. We expressed versions of ourselves that we typically suppress. So for example, mine was the big blunt bitch, which is a version of myself who doesn't explain her nose and isn't afraid to set boundaries and is unapologetic about her opinion on things and isn't the nice girl and isn't always the girl who wants to make sure that everyone's happy and everyone is pacified. And so uh, Madeline would turn on music for like 90 seconds and then we would act out this version of ourselves in front of our little groups. And so mine was like, I don't know, a lot of middle finger pointing and like yelling no at my audience of two because we were in groups of three. Um, And it was a lot of fun. Like I've done stuff like this before, so it wasn't anything crazy. It was just a lot of fun for me but then we break for dinner and then we come back from dinner and this is when my nightmare unfolds. So we come into a room and we see a stage and my stomach immediately drops because I remembered something on the sales page, something about sacred theater, something about improv, I think, it's like everything just flood back to me. And I go, um, why is there a stage? And then my mind immediately goes, well, there's only an hour left of the of day one. Maybe, maybe it's just like a few of us that do something. Maybe we're doing this in groups, right? <laughs> and that's when Madeline tells us that we are all going to do improv skits. I'm sorry. That is literally the definition of my worst nightmare because yo girl, doesn't act. She doesn't do improv. She doesn't perform scenes in front of people, okay? I don't pretend to act out situations. I don't know how to act. It's not something that comes to me. It's not something I enjoy. I can only be myself. Like, I'm really good at just being myself. I can't act like Billy Bob the cowboy, okay? I can't act like, I don't know, whatever. Like, I I just don't act. So my heart started to pound, you guys, because I knew that I was going to absolutely bomb whatever the fuck this assignment was. And we start, there's, uh, Madone had two helpers. They were incredible. And they did uh, the demonstration of what was going on. And basically, you have like a three minute long skit. You're given barely any information. And then you're given an emotion and an action that you need to fit in. So it starts going. And the first like two people go and I'm looking around the room and I'm like, these people are amazing. Like this is so funny. Everyone's so talented. And the way that you go on stage is the next person, like let's say someone's done, the next person jumps up and they pick a person to do it with. So it's a partner thing. And I remember looking at Allie because she was behind me. I was trying to find Ashley and then Allie and just kind of like, you know, give them my eyes of, despair and fear. And oh my God. <laughs> and I looked at Allie, she was sitting right behind me. And I literally said to her, I'm like, Allie, this is my worst fucking nightmare. I'd rather die than do this. And let me show you what a real friend would do. Allie was a real friend. She said to me, okay, good. So I'm going to pick you and we're going next. <laughs> my stomach dropped out of my ass, you guys. So we go up to the front, and this is all on video, and Allie posted this actually on her stories, and I'm like, "Uh, okay, whatever, just post it. So we go up to the front, and I just know I'm about to embarrass myself in front of an audience. Like, we don't know what the skit is until we're already in front of the audience, so we have barely any time to think about it. And everyone who went before us, like I said, were so good. So Madeline looks at us and goes, okay, you two got kidnapped. And woke up in a basement with your hands tied to a chair. And you're waking up super groggy from the drugs. That's it. That's all we got. (laughs) And then I think my action word was jolt. And my emotion was disappointed. So I had to like infuse that into my acting. Because I'm already so good at it, right? And thank God for Allie being the star of the show. I literally followed her lead. If it wasn't for her leading... I don't know what would have happened. Like I just fumbled through my words. I remember overthinking everything, like what she's saying, I'm overthinking. And I'm like, I don't know what to do next. And I literally just counted down the seconds until the three minutes were up. Like, oh, and so that was nightmare number one, which for some of you might be like, Catherine, that's it. Three minutes of improv is gonna scare you. I love improv and that's great, right? So we all have our own comfort zones. Everyone is so different. And you know what's hilarious about this is in 2020, right before COVID hit, my intuition told me to sign up for improv classes to just push myself outside of my comfort zone and get used to thinking on my feet in front of an audience. And Brennan's taken some classes and he highly recommended them to me. So I was like, okay, fine, I think I'm going to do it. But then COVID hit and the classes never happened. Well, the universe knows exactly how to circle back around because here I am doing freaking improv for three minutes. And though I wanted to die in this moment, I didn't die. That's like the literal thing about all of this is that in these moments where we feel like we're going to die, we're not going to die. And it only feels like that for just a few minutes in exchange for a massive surge of dopamine right? Like this pride that we feel about ourselves, this relief that we feel in our bodies, this high, this euphoria, it lasts so much longer than the actual discomfort. So I totally survived. And you bet your ass that I felt so proud of myself for not running out of the room pretending like I had an emergency because I literally was already thinking of ways that I could run out of the room. But I didn't. So the second day comes around and we did more Q&A And then we did this really fun exercise where we would act out each other's triggers and practice responding differently to them, which is a really fun exercise. So we first did this, oh yeah, we also did this like weird hour-long ritual that involved yelling and screaming and dancing and crying. And then we raised our arms above our shoulders for like 20 minutes and it hurt like hell And we had to push through that discomfort. And it was crazy. It was so wild, but nothing super triggering to my comfort zone on day two. Um, Except I did have to act again three times in a row. I was pretending to be someone's husband as I triggered her by doing something he always does to annoy her. So I literally like embodied the man within me (laughs) and talked like a man and like literally acted like him. And so, yeah, I felt like a goddamn actress after day two. Let's just let's just put it that way. I have four experiences now of acting. And then comes day three. Enter nightmare number two. So we started the day with Q&A, like I said, forever student, lover of knowledge, collector of wisdom. I live for a good Q&A, whether I'm giving a Q&A or receiving one. It's the best. Madeline is such a sage of wisdom. And if you don't follow her, definitely do. I'm going to drop her in the show notes as well because She shares a lot of um, her Q&A wisdom on her Instagram page, but she also shares really hilarious skits that she does that make uh, light of the coaching world, the healing world, relationships, things like that. And she is good at acting. So definitely go watch her. She's amazing. So I'm enjoying the Q&A. And then Madeline says something that zings my soul. Like it just zings it. And zing just means like a lightning bolt goes through my body. Just something like resonates with me, right? That's my, that's my word for it. She said the word fuckable. Something about feeling fuckable, which, you know, that just means feeling sexy, embodied in your feminine, feeling magnetic and juicy. And I felt like my heart sank when she started to talk about this because I realized that I haven't felt fuckable in a really long time. And I've been sharing this openly on social media where, you know, I've been on this journey postpartum of really loving my body again. And I came to realize that I've been hiding in sweatpants and loose clothing, trying to hide my body, waiting for my body to feel appropriate enough for me to wear the kind of clothing that I used to wear before I was pregnant. And that's obviously a problem because waiting attracts more waiting. And if you wait to have something to feel a certain way, you're never going to allow yourself to feel that way because you don't have that thing and you're never going to have that thing because you first need to feel that thing before you have that thing. And my soul raised my hand for me during this Q&A to ask Madeline for some practices to really help me with this. And of course, she you know, encourages me to do the uncomfortable thing, which I started to do, the moment i got home which is to embody she who is fuckable for 30 days which means wearing minimal sweatpants wearing clothing that hugs my curves wearing silk robes and pajamas and just the kind of clothing that i really want to wear regardless of what i think i look like in them which i knew was going to come out of her mouth because even as just a manifestation practice alone i know that this is a gap for me. And this is a key. First, you change, then your mind changes, and then your body changes. That's actually proven in neuroscience. Like, first, you change, and then your brain changes. So you have to, like, there is scientific proof behind the term act as if. You must first act as if. That's how you rewire your nervous system, actually. So of course, I went, okay, And then Madeline introduces our next activity. And great. It's called Sacred Theater. And we will be acting again. And this time it's for two minutes. Oh, thank God. Okay, two minutes. And we're going to be creating an art. It's basically an art project in theater form of whatever her assignment is for us. And she looked at me and she winked as she said, oh, I have a special one for you especially after mentioning what I mentioned. And I was literally the last question of the day. So I was top of mind. And I was like, great. So she went around the room giving people their assignments. And then she got around to me and she looked at me and she said, you, you are going to lick the clit of a strawberry for two minutes. I'm sorry, what? Like, The entire room erupted in laughter, including myself, because I just looked, I remember making eye contact with Ashley and she's like horrified for me. She's like, what does that even mean? (laughs) I remember asking Madeline, I'm like, I don't know what that means. What do you mean? And she's like, you'll figure it out. It's fine. You'll figure it out. So basically we had all these assignments and we were going to break for lunch and on our lunch breaks we would brainstorm what we're going to do to act out our thing for two minutes and everyone had different assignments like Ashley's was the exorcism of shame. I think Jordan, Jordan who is one of Allie's clients, she's amazing, she was there and she, her assignment was like an embodied obituary. And then Allie's was the embodied slut or something like that. So everyone had different assignments. I don't mine was so random. Like, what? Lick the clit of a strawberry? Like, what does that mean? Oh my God, that's so awkward, right? And in front of an audience? Like, what? And so, of course, my heart is just pounding. And I'm on lunch and I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Okay, Catherine, how are you going to push your edges? So we go to Whole Foods. Of course, I have to buy my strawberries. And then I'm thinking, okay, I want to like really just be me and and be seen for me and not have to hide anymore. So I was like, what am I going to wear during this? And so I decided that the biggest stretch of all for me for this is to take my shirt off. And just be my most vulnerable self. So we break from lunch. We do our like practices at our Airbnb. We like all got to practice. I didn't practice. I was like, guys, I'm just going to pick my song. I'm just going to tune in and do it on the spot. They're like, there's nothing to practice here. It's literally just me being in the moment. And so my turn comes around. And let me tell you, two minutes is so much longer than it sounds. Trust me but I fucking did it. Your girl made love to a strawberry for two minutes in front of an audience. This is also filmed. And the biggest stretch for me was, like I said, that I took off my shirt and I just showed my most vulnerable self to a group of people who I knew, who knew me, and people who didn't know me and met me there. My followers were there, my students were there, my friends and people I had just met that weekend. It was such a mixture of people And I was like, these people are never going to look at me the same way ever again after doing this. But when I tell you I felt liberated after doing this, I am not over-exaggerating at all. Like The highest high I've ever felt in fully embracing my weirdest self in this whole retreat, not holding back any part of me, stumbling like a complete idiot during improv, dancing sexually while licking and eating a strawberry, screaming like a psycho, dancing my heart out, making strange faces at people. It's literally a retreat for the books. And would I do it again? Fuck yes, I would. Why? Because it's these defining moments that make life go in either of two directions. You can either choose the direction in which you back down from expressing your all, your entire self, and go back into your little cave and keep living the life you've always lived that's safe and cozy but has very little reward in it. Or you can step up to the plate. You can expand your comfort zone, wire your nervous system to be able to handle anything in life, share your most vulnerable self, embrace your authenticity, step into the spotlight, and shift in that moment quickly, easily, well, maybe not easily, but quickly onto a timeline that you've never been on before. But this timeline has everything you could ever dream of happening on it as a result of shifting to this timeline. It's like in this moment in seeking discomfort, a portal opens, a threshold shows up for you to walk through, And the thing is, is that you realize that the pain of discomfort actually only lasts so little time in comparison or in exchange for a lifetime of liberation in comparison to the pain of holding yourself back and keeping yourself small that lasts a whole lifetime. That's the exchange you have to make. And it's crazy to think about it. Like these things, improv, three minutes. You know, making love to a strawberry, two minutes, making a decision to start a podcast and podcasting. Like the discomfort is only going to last while you're recording the podcast. If that, it might only last while you set up your microphone. It might only last when you put it out there for the world to listen to, but then that discomfort is gone. And in exchange, you get liberation. That's the reward is liberation. There's nothing better than the feeling of liberation. There's nothing worse than looking back at your life and just feeling like something's missing, right? So this is why I keep going through these embarrassing initiations. And I'm really proud of myself for doing this. And I highly, 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 highly do recommend all of you to attend this event if you ever want to explore your edges and learn what they are and lean into them and just see what you are made of. So I will drop the link in the show notes for you to get on the wait list. I believe she's going to be doing another one in the fall, I think. Yes, the fall of this year in Austin, Texas is what she said most likely will happen. There's like an application process. So I just get on the wait list to make sure you get the application. I don't know if I'm going to come back in the fall, but I'm definitely going to attend another one, especially if it's in Sedona again. I'm literally two hours away. So of course I'll go. But yeah, I'll drop the link in the show notes so you can check it out. And yeah, purposely seeking out uncomfortable situations is not for the faint of heart. It's not easy to do. It's simple, but it's not easy and it doesn't feel good in the moment. But shit, does it liberate your soul? And that's why I keep doing this. And that's why I keep putting myself into growth environments and will keep putting myself into growth environments so that life can keep expanding with my edges as I expand Them out. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it was worth the wait of me dropping all the hints about it on social media in the meantime. Let me know if you want to see a clip of the strawberry dance because I do have it filmed. I can put up a little clip. Put a strawberry emoji on my latest post so I can see. Like, you guys need to give me encouragement to do this because that's my next edge. Like, sharing this publicly where my friends can see it, where my mom can see it, where my grandma can see it, who follows me. That's like a whole nother edge, right? So drop a strawberry emoji. I'd love to hear from you. And with that being said, I will catch you in the next episode.
0: Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes so that I can keep the good stuff coming. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up some extra inspiration on Instagram by searching at Manifestation Babe or visiting my website at ManifestationBabe.com. I love and adore you so much and cannot wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and manifest some magic.